Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Monday. Yes, it's the middle of the month. It's probably about the point where you've given up on your New Year's resolution. Well, I'm glad you're here then. Drop the subject with Jarrett and Allie because we will be helping you, uh, especially with diet resolutions that yeah. you may have made, that you're probably off the wagon, far off the wagon. Uh, there's no wagon anymore. There's no it has wagon no wheels anymore. on it. Nope. You've lost all your axles. The handle you've, is rusted out. You've like, lost your oxen. <laughs> your oxen? hmm Oh, I was thinking of a radio flyer. You're thinking about a... a, a I'm thinking a, a of an Oregon kit. Trail gotcha. wagon. Okay. We have Listen, different views of, of wagons. Either way, either way, your wagon is busted, <laughs> is what I'm yes. hearing. No matter what your wagon looks like, right. it is not on all cylinders at this point. So we will be helping you out with the Monday Munch Report on how you can stay on track or get back on track, uh, which is probably more the case. The Oscar nominations have just been released, so of course, Emmy will have to go through them while she noms. We in have to Emmy find some noms. crunchy food for her. Yes, something <laughs> extra crunchy, perhaps an apple or a Cheeto. That is Emmy noms while Oscar noms. And, uh, of course, Drop the President. We lost a couple more presidential candidates over the weekend. And crazy impeachment stuff and much, much more. But uh, And royal drama, which continues. Uh, but I want to... I will tell you that the royal stuff has been... There's been headlines all morning that they had the summit, that the Queen has come out and made a statement about it. The, I've been reading about the crazy way that the British media covers... Uh, Megan, as opposed to Kate, Kate. Right. we'll be talking about that later because you that compare the nuts. headlines, yeah. it's wild. So yeah. we'll talk about that. Oh, we definitely have to get into that. I got into something over the weekend that I did not intend to. It was a, a situation with my car, and I'll explain because when you parallel park, usually if it's a tight spot, you might have to give the car in front of you or in back of you a little. A love tap. Let me stop you here. Okay. When you say you usually, you're putting that as everyone does that. I think you should say I usually and make uh-huh. that an I statement. Uh, okay. There you go. Thank you for the correction. Yes. Uh, so when everyone parks. You see, yeah. They okay. usually love tap. Let me stop you there again. Uh <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going I was going out to dinner with my cousin because she just moved to the area. And so my wife and I are like, great, let's all have dinner. It's for your birthday, blah, 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 blah. Uh, there's no uh, parking around in the lots and stuff. And I hate, hate going to valet because I never have cash on me. And it always gives me anxiety because I don't have money to tip the valet and guy. And it's like, it's 2020. Why are you guys not taking cards yet? Yes. Like, what, what is going on? And nobody does that so usually. Annoying. So then I'm, I keep going back and forth to the valet. This weekend I went to a party and there were parking meters that only took quarters and I was like, you prehistoric animals. I was so upset. But this go is on. disgusting. Oh, I was heated. That's the only reason why the fruit bat quarter matters anymore. I mean, those come on. Meters. So I, uh, we're circling around, can't find parking, going back and forth across the valet guy, staring at us. Then we, we, we arrive at a, a small spot on the street where we had kind of passed it a couple of times, but we were like, I think I might be able to fit in there. Let's let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. I pride myself on having great parallel parking skills. Not if you're hitting cars every time you... Never mind, go it, on. I wish I had taken a picture, Jarrett, because my skills were unparalleled. I was able to get into the tiniest little spot. I had just a couple of inches on each side, and the car in front of me happened to be a Mercedes. I love that your parallel parking skills were unparalleled. <laughs> huh? Uh, but also... 
everyone else in the area was parallel parked as well. Okay, yes, but <laughs> not in a space like mine. Not, not as tight as yours, okay. So in the middle of the parking process, Katie starts freaking out and she's like, you're not going to fit, you're not going to fit. Like she gets that parking anxiety where it's like, never mind, never mind, just go. You're right. You you're know, like, get if, out. Let's if just someone's behind you and you're trying to parallel park and she gets very nervous about that and she'll just drive away and I'm like, you're, oh, you've God. lost the spot. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep my cool, stick to my guns. I'm like, Katie, we already com- I, we already committed to the parking spot. I'm halfway in. I can't get out. And then she goes, the valet guy is filming you. I was like, no, he is not. There's no way. So oh I finish what I'm doing, get out of the car, walk up to the restaurant and the valet guy. And he goes, excuse me, excuse me. You hit that Merce- Mercedes. <gasps> and I was like, no, I didn't hit it. And she, he was like, yes, I have it on video. You hit it. And I said, I tapped it when I was getting into my parking spot there's no scratch oh, on it. My, can you guys hear my mouth? It open was right fine. Now? And then he goes, "Well, I know the owner, and I'm going to call him right now." Oh and my I God. was like, "Go ahead." So then I, I was fight or flight. I decided to fight, and I said, "Fine, call your guy. I don't care." And I was thinking, "There's no way that like who would respond to a police call saying, "Get over here. We need to file a police report. Somebody love tapped me too hard, and I have a nick on the back of my Mercedes." Was there a nick? I didn't even look, but it was a black Mercedes and I had a white Prius. So I don't really know. I didn't check, but I love tapped. I didn't aggressively tap. Anyway. Yeah, see. You're, don't this look is, at me like this that. Is, this is, I, I can't, I can't be on your side on this one. Okay. I, Because <laughs> I would be pissed. The bartender was on my side. I, the, oh, okay. Well, in that case. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so then we what walked happened? in, we had a drink at the bar before we sat down. Me and Katie were laying this whole thing out for the bartender and explaining it. And he was like, you're fine. You're fine. I was like, right. We're fine. We're fine. He heard anyway, the story from your perspective. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, we sit down, we have dinner and it's a great time. We order some pizzas. We have, mm. you know, good conversation. And then we're paying. And I've completely forgotten about the whole thing. And I look to my right, and standing over me is the valet guy. Yikes. And he goes, excuse me. And then he looks to my cousin and goes, I'm actually leaving for the day. Can you pay for your parking? Oh. Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, yeah! Jesus. And he made eye contact with me, and I looked at him like, you got nothing, don't you? And then he just looked away and continued to get $8 from my cousin, who had paid for oh the God. valet parking. Ooh. And she was supposed to pay when she left, right. but you know it was late. He's leaving. And then he was leaving for the day. So oh, I God. got off scot-free, so, or I guess uh, I remember back Kevin in- Spacey-free. Yeah. <laughs> What does that even mean? I don't, I don't know. Scott Free doesn't seem to matter. I, I want to know who Scott is and if he's feeling jilted right Scott? now. Um, but yeah, I, I remember. Like, I remember in college, my best friend. He was like, "Oh, you know, it's okay to just like kiss the car in front of you." And I'm right. like, "Excuse me." It is. I don't think so. You're from the Bay Area, Jarrett. You should know this. I it's because okay I'm from the Bay tap. Area. I feel like I'm. I feel pretty clear. Like I don't want someone. You wouldn't want someone tapping your car when you park on the street. No, I don't want someone tapping on my car. Boom, stop there. But hold on. You already said it. I have stopped. You know what? Listen, I don't Emmy's want giving to. us the cue. If you guys disagree with, or agree or disagree, I want to know what tap. you guys think about this love tap or kiss or whatever. We like, all agree. A lo- I, we, no, we don't. Yes, we No, we do not. <laughs> parallel parking, when you're parallel parking and you're parking on the street, you know the risks that come with it. And uh-uh. the risks are a potential the love tap. The risks are that I'm going to have to sue you for messing and up it, my car. No, you can't sue Listen, me. Listen, call us. 
833-77-CALL-Q. 833-77-CALL-Q. How much would you be suing Allie for if she loved up your car? This is your car, isn't it? 833-77-CALL-Q. We'll take a break. We'll be right back with so much more about the Royals, impeachment, about uh, we have a, a, a modified drop the president, chill candidates, a uh, whole lot more coming up. Don't go. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and Jared. We have already gotten into an argument. It's been, I think, within two minutes of the show, we started fighting. Nice work. <laughs> but this is worth it. You got to pick your battles, and this one is worth fighting. And it's about parking spaces and whether or not it's okay to give somebody a love tap when you parallel park. And we have a tiebreaker on the phone. Okay, so we have Dave on the phone, Allie. Um, and because it's. Trump supporter Dave, and because he's an Android user, he might be skewing your way on this one. I know. I don't know if I can trust anything you say, Dave, but what is your opinion? Do you think it's okay to love tap when you're parallel parking or no? It is not okay to love tap. Yes! That would, that's such so, a Trump supporter. I'm sorry. You know what? This is my car. It's mine. My stuff. If, if, you, if you bump my car, so my, my car has to go in for service right now and I have a repair because somebody bumped into my rear end and that is going to cost over $2,500 friend. Okay. So if you, if you love tap me, you could cost me a lot of money. But, but Dave, was there a dent in the car? In this case, there was no dent. I don't even think, I'm not even sure that there was a mark. You didn't even look. It was a tap. it, it, any any mark or anything with the new bumpers that are out there, I'm telling you, it's a big deal that can cost a lot of money. So I'm not a love tapper. Okay. Lord, I'm agreeing with the Trump supporter on this one. Jarrett? Listen. Jarrett and the Trump supporting Dave can agree on one thing. I was going to say, like, at, at, if there's anything we can come together on <laughs> that it can be bipartisan. No love tapping. It is no love tapping, yeah. Well, Dave, no I just tapping. think that if you are going to park on the street you know what comes with the territory and if you have a nice car i would recommend getting a bumper buddy it's that little you rubber get thing. the bumper buddy uh, fine miss love tapper fine i'll get a bumper buddy for my love tapping there you go <laughs> it's like getting a condom or something the way you said that dave uh still supporting trump um yes okay there was an um there at well, least it seemed like a bit of hesitation that's progress all right thanks, thanks dave, dave. <laughs> i just, i I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this now. I would just love if that was the big unifier and Jarrett Hill all of a sudden, through all of his years of journalism as a liberal Democrat, changes to tr- supporting Trump based on the gateway Can we maybe parallel switch the premise of that and say... <laughs> After all of the years of Trump supporting, maybe this is what brings brings Trump supporter Dave across the maybe aisle. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're chipping away. We're chipping away at a giant iceberg. Are we? I hope we are. I don't know. I don't know. And then every time we go back, it rained and there's more to the iceberg. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, let's transition into the Monday Munch Report. You want a segue? Uh, oh, I didn't even get creative. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Sounds good. I'll have that. Yas, 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 yas. What are you doing? I'm blotting the grease. It's the best part. Let me see that. Um, my weekend of eating was not interesting because Katie was out of town, so I was just basically, I resorted to child food and just started eating chicken nuggets and chicken noodle soup. So you probably had a much more interesting food weekend well, than I did. I had two birthday parties go this weekend, um, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. 
And a lot I, of Capricorns in your life. I, apparently, way more than I I knew. Um, and then I also like I, I I'm doing the flexitarian thing this year, like or at least so far this year. So I've been pretty pescatarian so far. And this week I'm eliminating dairy and trying to see what my body responds, how my body responds to that. Okay, so since January first up until today, you have not eaten meat. No, 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 no. I've I've been doing like a, a friend of mine who went vegan. She did it as like daytime. So I started like right after uh, Christmas. I was doing pescatarian until six o'clock, and then I can allow myself to have meat in the evening if I want. And are you eating red meat uh-huh. or are you just eating white meat? Um, no, I can eat anything if I if I want to have like a piece of chicken or if I want to have beef or something. I can in the evening. Um, but I'm I'm going like full time pescatarian now. Pescatarian and no dairy. So now you're going to go full-time pescatarian, meaning that after 6 p.m. you still will not eat meat. Right. And that's starting today. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think you're at least being smart about it, meaning that you're not just going cold turkey. Yeah. No turkey. You're going... <laughs> cold you're, no turkey. Yeah. You're not going cold no turkey. You're weaning yourself off of meat. Yeah. And I mean, I want to be clear, like, I'm not doing this forever. It's not like, I'm changing my life. I'm giving these things up. I just want to see how my body responds to them. Um, I, I've, I've always said, like... I could see myself in the future becoming vegan, but like way in the future, <laughs> like far enough away that I can't see it. But like I, yeah. I, I, I get the idea of being vegan and how plant based diets like can be great for someone's body. But like, I don't know if it's going to be right for me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to give it a shot. And I know that dairy is probably one of the I always say like the biggest challenge I have with the idea of going vegan is giving up like cheese and butter and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I just don't see it for myself, girl. Get your life. Have a blast. Yeah, Not I for me. Don't think I could ever give up cheese. I, cheese is probably the hardest thing. So I went to uh, Trader Joe's and Whole Foods over the weekend and I was like, what is the best cheese hmm. S word that you got up in here? Yeah. And so they were like, uh, try this one. And so like I got a vegan cheese um, and I was like, okay. And I asked a, a, a friend of, of cardboard mine. Cardboard cashew? What? Cardboard cashews. Yeah. Okay. Um, and <laughs> and circus peanuts. And cashews. packing peanuts. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that is not better for the environment. I, I reached out to a friend of mine who's a vegan chef, and he was like, "Try this cheese," and I couldn't find it. So anyway, I tried it, and I was like, "I I just like ate some of the shreds," and I was like, "Oh, this is actually tasting like cheese." So I was happy about that. But over the weekend, uh, I went to like I said to two different birthday parties, and on Saturday night it was my friend's birthday. It was like a house party, and he uh, had like a friend had brought these peanut butter cookies, but I bit into it and I was like this peanut butter cookie is amazing. I was like, wait, is this like a special kind of cookie? Is this like a California kind of cookie? Because, uh-huh. mind you, I asked that when I was like one and a half in, so it was like a little too late to be asking <laughs> such a question. Uh, yeah, 600 milligrams exactly, each one. What exactly, do you want? Right. Well, how many of you had? Cut to me horizontal on the floor. <laughs> um, and so I, uh, I, they were like, no, 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 it's just a regular cookie. And she was like, but there's Reese's um, peanut butter cups in them. And I was like, excuse oh, me? Damn. My favorite candy is the little miniature Reese's because yes. like the density of it, how thick it is, it's just perfect. You know, I don't care the size. Any Reese's yes. in any form, really. But so it's a peanut butter cookie. Like they make a peanut butter cookie batter and then they like make two like little balls of the cookie dough and then put a Reese's peanut butter cup in the middle and like <sighs> make a ball of that and then they bake it and then it smacks. It is the best cookie I've ever had in my life. I may have had like six of them at the party or something. I want them. I got the recipe. You I did? will be making them. I'll make them for you guys here. I will 100% eat. Like, I've been trying to be good this year, but I will eat a crap load of those cookies. And then yesterday, I went to a party and, like, all of the food was, like, little hors d'oeuvre kind of food and was like, oh, no, no, no. I came here to eat. 
Yeah, so, don't give me this small. I mean, small bites are good for like an hour. Yeah, it was uh, my friend Devin and uh, you guys probably know Issa Rae. They're, um, it was their, their birthday twins, and so we had a, a big party for them yesterday. Uh, and it was a lot of fun and, and great little food and like awesome little mini cupcakes mm. that were like German chocolate and carrot and mm. red velvet. And Stop all these. it. Stop it. Was, it. Stop it. Was it was amazing. It was right. also fantastic. The Monday so. Munch Report will continue a little later in the show, but we have to give you an, uh, an update on Iran and also on... Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Ron updates. And on the royal family, all that's coming up. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill here with you on Drop the Subject. It is the middle of the month already. It's already getting away from us. It's funny because last week was like the first full week of the month, but like. I know, now you're like, ah! It's you know the what's weird is, I guess it's because the holidays, uh, Christmas and New Year's falling on Wednesdays, just really like throws everything it into really a weird. It messed everything up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of nice, but now it's, I feel. Because Thanksgiving came so late, and then Christmas was three weeks after Thanksgiving, and then right after that was New Year's, but in the middle of the week, and so people got a lot of time off, and then start, I feel like Jay, I feel like this whole year has been about playing catch up already. Yeah, yeah, I blame it on Donald Trump. Okay, well that's great. Yeah. Great segue. <laughs> yeah. Because we're about to kind of get into what happened with the Iran situation over the weekend and what what do we know? What were the updates? Well, so it's gotten interesting. Uh the defense secretary was on uh, CBS's Face the Nation. Uh, his name is Mark Esper and if you remember when we went into this uh initially uh killing General Soleimani, uh Donald Trump was saying, you know, there were threats against Americans and he was planning all kinds of things and like we had to do this right now. Um, I believe NBC has an exclusive that says like he actually authorized it seven months ago. It wasn't like some kind of I saw that, threat. Right. Um, and like and then Mark Esper, the Secretary of Defense, got on Face the Nation this morning and was using a lot of language that was like probably and kinda and sort of this. Um, and the host of Face the Nation kind of pushed back on that. Probably and could have been. That is that sounds more like an assessment than a specific, tangible threat with a, a decisive piece of intelligence. Well, the president didn't say there was a tangible, uh, he didn't cite a specific piece of evidence. What he said is he probably, he believed. Are you saying there wasn't been. one? I didn't see one with regard to four embassies. What I'm saying is I share the president's view so probably my expectation. The, the Secretary of Defense huh. is saying he did not see a specific threat against something that would have triggered this then we also look at this like oh this was authorized seven months ago so that was around june or right July. so if he's saying all of this stuff was planned it that's all a moot point because he ordered it seven months ago right and so it, it makes it it makes you wonder like well if you've been sitting on the opportunity to do this for seven months and then you did it the day before the senate came back to begin your impeachment process it's a very interesting uh, timeline at the very least well and we were talking to matthew matthew Craffy about this last week where you know it's the timing of this is so important because yeah. it says a lot about his motives it says a lot about the fact that he decided to do this in, at the very beginning of 2020, when it's well, an election year. Well, there's that, and uh, that's that actually kind of brings me to the next point. This headline from uh, Huffington Post, or, excuse me, Huff Post. They're not Huffington Post anymore. Huff Post. Wait, says, they're not. Well, they haven't been Huffington Post for like Hold a year on. and a half. They're Huff Post. So who's Huff? Uh, Julianne, I don't know, uh, but that, <laughs> but the headline Julianne. says Trump tied Soleimani hit to support from GOP hawks instead of ahead of impeachment trial. Basically, 
um, there, this report in HuffPost is ba- is saying that Donald Trump was doing this to win the favor of like the the war hawks in in the Senate and uh, ahead of uh, going into uh, trial to be able uh-huh. to get the people that love war and love you know being aggressive in this way to get them on his side before the impeachment trial. Oh my god! And I am telling you, like. Donald Trump probably won't get impeached again by the House for another crime, but like this is the kind of thing that is impeachable as well, right? Like using your the power that only a president has uh, to be able to do things that only a president can do for your own personal good as opposed to for the good of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that is egregious. Like it is so far overreaching. And if it is proven out that Donald Trump did this to be able to win favor with uh, senators and to be able to distract the narrative and all these different kinds of things. And that which why he wouldn't he? And that's characteristic and it, of him. Absolutely. This is 100% within Donald Trump's character. Like all of this tracks. And for Republicans that are listening right now that will disagree with me, I will remind you that Republicans were the people that were saying Donald Trump is a con man uh, in 2015 and 2016 when he was running. Republicans are the ones that were saying he's a liar, he's a cheater, he's, uh, he's completely dishonest, he doesn't do good business, that he will do whatever he wants to protect himself. Lindsey Graham was the person saying that, right? Yeah, that's, that's and wild. And so, so like don't come don't say that I'm being unfair to Donald Trump in this instance when Republicans are the ones that were saying this about him when he was running. I'm more interested in which senators love war. Well, like, I how's mean, that for being on a dating profile? I mean, like, I just, the, you know, I love hiking. There are, I love war. There are plenty of people who are hawkish and are always like defense forward. Uh-huh. And I mean, when you have a, a Senate that is predominantly men who are always in a pissing match with one another, like oh, can Eat. I not say that? I can't say it in a in a p wording match with each other. Um, <laughs> Emmy a went p wording match. Uh, uh, Petunias. Yeah, um, Emmy pleather. looked at me like, "Excuse me, you can't say that." Uh-huh. Um, but when you're when you have a, a Senate that is overwhelmingly men, especially on the Republican side, there are less women in Congress than there have been in years. Um, it's just it's. Yeah, because they all left. They're like, why would I stay for this? And I mean, Republicans have been falling off left and right uh, in Congress, like resigning or not running again and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to play out, because if this all proves out to be true and it's supported with documents or, you know, testimony from folks, Mm. this is going to be a problem for Donald Trump. And it may not come in the form of an impeachment article um, again, because I I doubt that uh, Democrats really have the political capital to be able to do that. But it will certainly show up in the election. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's but it's like you always think that these things are going to hurt him and then they just and nothing ever does. turn him into a weird Mighty Morph Power Ranger he's person. He's a rich, powerful white man <sighs> who is, now has the powers of the president. Speaking of rich, powerful white men, we're going to get into the royal drama next. Oh my God, I cannot wait. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. And now is the point of the show when we cover the royal family. Because this is quite a topic of conversation, and Queen Elizabeth herself has delivered a statement. I will not read it to you all now because we're short on time, but she said, Today my family had a very constructive discussion with on the future of my grandson and his family. My family and I are entirely supportive of Mary and Meghan's desire to create a new life Mary as a young Meghan. family. Mary and Meghan. Did I say? You said Mary. Sorry, that was wishful thinking. Nice. Uh, so what's going on exactly? Uh, since the wax sculptures were 
removed, removed from Madame Tussauds. From Madame Tussauds. It, could it get worse? It could get worse. It seems like um, the queen is uh, basically allowing this to happen. Um, and the, her, her uh, statement went on to say there are complex matters for my family to resolve and there's some more work to be done, but I've asked for final decisions to be reached in the coming days. Um, I, I know that some people will see this story and think like, why does this even matter? And like, it, it has ramifications for the entire monarchy. Um, I was talking to my best friend, Jared, about it because he's kind of like the royal correspondent in my life. Like he knows the royals inside and out. I don't have one of those friends. He, it's okay. I wish I did. It's okay. Not everyone's so lucky. Um, <laughs> but he was talking about how this is a PR nightmare for the royal family when already like there's this idea that the monarchy is is kind of obsolete and unnecessary. And the idea of like other people have left the monarchy in this way of like, you know, I don't want to participate in this anymore. I'm out. But like for someone so high as Harry to do it, it kind of says like, this doesn't matter. Um, and it, it, it kind of rocks the boat in the way that like the public sentiment could change about the, the monarchy. And realistically, the monarchy could come down with one vote from parliament. Well, well, I mean, with a Queen Elizabeth, the current queen, her dad is the... the um I forget his name, but his younger brother left the monarchy because he he was supposed to be king. I'm not familiar with that he part, was yeah. king for like a year or something like that. But there was a woman, an American woman, that he was in love with, and he ended up abdicating. He yeah. left and married his wife because he was like, if I can't marry her, then I don't want to be a part of this family. So it has happened before, but I think that because it's Harry and because there's all this crap around him already, it just sends people into this crazy frenzy yeah. about him leaving and well, especially because she because Megan already gets such negative attention. Well yeah and so that's part of what I wanted to touch on here because there's a BuzzFeed article that touches on how Megan gets covered and how distinctly different it is from Kate Middleton <clears throat> excuse me. Um, are you okay? The headline, I'm fine. It says, uh, <laughs> here are 20 headlines comparing Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton that might show why she and Prince Harry are cutting off royal reporters. Now, it, it juxtaposes two different headlines from the Daily Mail. Um, when uh, both of the women were pregnant, these are what the headlines look like. One for Kate Middleton. It says, not long to go, pregnant Kate tenderly cradles her baby bump while wrapping up her royal duties ahead of maternity leave. And William confirms she's due any minute now. The Meghan Markle Aww. headline says, why can't Meghan Markle keep her hands off her bump? Experts <laughs> tackle the question that has got the nation talking. Is it pride, vanity, acting, or a new age bonding technique? <laughs> new age bonding technique? The headline Grabbing literally starts, baby bump. starts off with, why can't Meghan Markle keep her hands off her baby bump? <laughs> Like, what? Uh, from um, a, an outlet oh there called God. Express. Headline, Kate Mor Kate's morning sickness cure? Prince William gifted with an avocado for pregnant duchess. Oh. Same thing, same story about Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle's beloved avocado. Meghan Markle's beloved avocado linked to human rights abuse and drought. Oh millennial shame. Oh, my God. Like, these are real headlines from the same outlets. And, like, the ways that they talk about Meghan Markle are not, or excuse me, Princess Meghan, are not the same way that they talk about Princess Kate. And it is, like, directly linked to race and the way that they they talk about this black woman, this woman that, like, they just cannot believe is a part of the royal family because she's a black woman. My God. It's, it's, it's infuriating. And, like, it also highlights, like, if you were one of them, 
you would understand why you don't want to be a part of this. Looking back at their weddings, when Kate got married, they did stories about both of their weddings about flowers. And there's a, a beautiful photo of, of Kate and William in the carriage, and she's holding these flowers, and it says, why you can always say it with flowers. The same outlet, Express, um, that wrote about Meghan Markle's wedding, Royal Wedding, how Meghan Markle's flowers may have put Princess Charlotte's life at risk. Oh, my God. This is this is the kind of coverage that she gets. horrifying. Yeah. Poor Megan. It's ridiculous. So uh, we got to take a quick break, though. When we come back, we've got uh, Emmy noms, the Oscar noms, and uh, there's some controversy around the yeah. Oscar nominations. Who Go got figure. nommed and what is Emmy nomming? There we go. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. What? <laughs> looking at all of these headlines, uh, I'm I'm really excited to get into this segment. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared. Ali is there, and uh, we're getting ready to talk to uh, Emmy, our producer, about the Oscar nominations in a segment that is ever changing for us, but is really exciting during award season. Uh, we're calling it Emmy Noms, Oscar Noms, because uh, the noms came out today, and you know people feel a way about them. Exactly, and so it's always important to talk about them while Emmy. Emmy is nomming on something, and today, Emmy is nomming on an apple. She's got an apple. Um, and uh, one of the, one of the headlines about the Oscar noms uh, this morning was that there are no female directors nominated. Uh, yeah, but that's all the other award shows too. I mean, realistically, yes. And um, at least they're trying to acknowledge it. Like I remember, I don't know if it was last year's Oscars, but it was recent, or it was one of the last year's award shows. I don't know if it's Golden Globe or Oscars, but Natalie Portman and Ron Howard took the stage to present Best Director, and uh, Ron Howard was like, "There are amazing directors out there," and then. <laughs> Natalie Portman goes, and the all-male nominees are. Yes. And it was like an amazing moment. Well, and like the thing about it is this year, like Martin Scorsese is nominated for The Irishman, which has been widely panned as like an indulgent, too long, ridiculous movie that no one has enjoyed. Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I heard, was terrible. Was the same thing. And it won last night for Best Film. And well, Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino are both nominated for uh, for Best Director. Of course they are. And it's just kind of ridiculous. So, Emmy, can you give us some of the highlights, um, A, of the Apple, but B, of, of the nominations uh, this year? Say one nomination thing that you <laughs> highlight and one thing about your Apple. She's like, this what is you... a really good Apple. I'm just <laughs> going to start off with that. Okay. What do you love most about the Apple yeah, and the Yeah, it's gender Oscar? neutral, so, you know, I'm not favoriting any male apples out here. Okay. So, it's, okay. it's, so it's, it's probably not a pink lady apple. Yeah. Uh, no. It might be a pink gentleman apple. It's a, a pink person apple. There you go. Just a pink apple. A Just pink they. pink. Exactly. <laughs> so Joker leads nominees with a total of 11 mentions, including Best Picture, and it competes alongside with 1917, which I heard was really good. Um, I think it was shot I've heard that in too, one yeah. shot. Well, it's, Wait, the it, whole movie? The movie is uh, one... Conti- it, it's called... Um, I can't think of what it is. Block Cuts it's or something like, like that. It's like a continuous... It's, yeah, it's supposed to look like one continuous mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. But it's actually just a few cuts, but it's one long continuous oh shot. Oh my film, god. Which made me excited to want to go see it. Yeah, I usually yeah. don't like watching war movies at all, but I'll I, I'll check that out. I think it's called blind cuts if my director friend was telling like they me. They just kinda like, merge into each other. They right? look like they're all one long long shot. Like yeah. it's one person's point of view. Yeah. Like the, Which the, is a lot easier to do in like a music video kind of setting and a war movie with explosions and people yeah. everywhere. Like that's got to be really difficult. And oh, people yeah. have been saying it's a fantastic movie. Hmm. Okay, what else so, about the Apple and the <laughs> Like the other big 
movies that are expected to win are 1917, Ford vs. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, Marriage Story, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. And the Best Picture uh, nominees would be basically all of those. There's like a ten, ten of them. <laughs> there's those. And then um, actor in a leading role, there's Antonio Banderas, Leonardo DiCaprio, Adam Driver, Jonathan Price, Joaquin Phoenix. Jonathan Price, what's that one for? The two popes. Yeah, oh. he's the pope yeah. guy. The pope jams. Um, okay. The pope dude. And then the females. The, go ahead. Uh-huh. The actress in leading role is Cynthia Erivo, Scarlett Johansson, what is it? Sar- Sarah? It's a Sersha. Sersha Ronan. Or Little Women. Yeah. yeah. Which I haven't Saoirse. seen yet. That's a, that's a good spelling. Sure. Wow. Charlize Sa- Theron and Renee Zellweger. Yeah. I uh, Harriet's on my list. I haven't. It's one of the screeners that I have at home and I haven't had the chance to watch it yet, but I think I'm going to do that tonight. Well, Little Women, I was surprised at the Golden Globes and stuff, didn't have any nominations. And I was like, this movie is... Like the tra- I loved the trailer. The movie looks like it's going to be really good. Why is it not being nominated for anything? And now, so it's nice to see some of the nominees here. Well, I'll also point out for you that uh, there's one black person that's nominated in all the acting categories, and there is one Latino person. Otherwise, everyone else is a white man or woman. Yeah, this is a real step backwards, which is unfortunate because remember the Oscar So White year, that and was then four it years seemed ago, yeah. like the the years succeeding it were a little bit better, and this just seems very well. In the whitewashed. last two years, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the last two or three years, it's been like that Oscar so white moment happened and then there were like a lot more diversity moments and I want to say last year we had a, a similar situation but like Cynthia Revo is the lone black actress right. that is nominated uh, and Antonio Banderas is um, uh, the lone Latino um, person that is nominated so it's it just continues and you have to one happen. Asian director <laughs> but I other mean, than that it's all men yeah it's all white, white guys yeah, yeah. Uh, well you know <laughs> This has been Emmy noms. Yeah. <laughs> Disappointed, but not surprised. But how right? was the apple? It was good. It was good. I'm it looks like a, you've it. kind of really lit into that apple. It's a good apple. I told you. <laughs> well, you're only halfway done, so that means we have to continue. Yeah, exactly. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got more Drop the Subject. Um, Allie's got a game coming up for us a little bit later. I think that uh, Katie's going to do it a little bit later, yes. But uh, we were talking about Grey's Anatomy yes, uh, last week, and I think that I'm going to stump her because she's a Grey's Anatomy fan fan, a huge one, but can she tell the difference between crazy things that happen in real life versus Grey's Anatomy? We might find out later on Plus, the show. we got to help you uh, stick, stick to your um, healthy eating. We're going to tell you how you can rearrange your uh, your refrigerator to actually help you to stick to your diet. So all those things. And more apples. More apples! <laughs> more Drop the Subject coming up. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject is back. And uh, Allie, I wanted to know, uh, Emmy, you can chime in on this one as well if you want. I have a personal dilemma with a friend that I've... I feel bad because I've I've kind of just stopped talking to this person Ooh. because of it. Not like I'm not talking to you anymore. More so, just like I don't reach out to this person. I don't I don't call them or talk to them. Um, it's okay that they love tap when they parallel park, Jarrett. No, it is not. <laughs> um, okay, do either of you have a friend who is? perpetually in crisis and what I mean by that is like every time you talk to them they're having the worst day they've ever had they're always having the worst week they've ever had the the worst worst month they've ever had and I'm just like I don't know of a single time where you've had a good week (laughs) 
Like, and I'm not like exaggerating. And like, I want to be honest. Like, this person does have like some has had awful things happen to them, um, and like really difficult things happen. But like. I don't know if this person is a magnet for this or what it is, but I also feel a little bit like a d bag because I've not like I've I've just like stopped patience. reaching out. Yeah, like I've known this person for a really long time, and I don't know if I should continue. But like, I how do you guys deal with that kind of a situation? Well, <laughs> I have. Well, first of all, I do know somebody like that. It's a friend of a friend, but somebody who's been in our lives for, uh, I'd say, the past decade. Uh, since that time, we've seen her jump from many different jobs. We've seen her lose a lot of friends. Uh, relationships don't work out. There's always something mm-hmm. going on. And some of that is legitimate. By the way, you say, yes, that bad things have happened to her. I also know plenty of people who bad things have happened to them and they they are not as perpetually as in crisis. Person. Yes. Yeah. So it, yes, I, mean, I don't want to shame based on how people handle certain life experiences, but it's also really hard to be a friend to somebody who is constantly in crisis because you can, at one point, I think, no longer get them what give them what they need, which is constant attention and validation. Exactly. And telling them, oh my god, I know, oh you just have it so hard. That's what they want from you every single time they <laughs> every call time. you. And like I, every time I talk to this person like their job is the worst thing that could have ever happened to them their boss is the worst person that ever existed their family is the most terrible people that ever happened and they had a car accident and i'm just like oh like at first it was like oh how can i help and what do you need right. and then it was like oh that's really terrible and now it's just like typing okay. it's you like the I mean? typing like, thing and yeah, then it's gone it's just i can't say anything else well because a lot of the time like these people sort of like end up putting themselves in these situations like a lot of the I kind of wonder like, that yeah. yeah not to be like victim blamey at all or whatever but like your life is what you decide to do with it you know like I know obviously there's external factors you don't have control of but for example like if your boss is giving you like a hard time a lot of trouble just constantly you don't have to work there yeah. you can go change your job at any moment and like a lot of people like I feel like they almost enjoy like putting themselves in absolutely they can take away that almost ignore <laughs> yeah like, because they do flags. yes it's they... like with dating especially like you keep dating people that you know are the horrible person, for you yeah. but like they kind of find some sort of sick pleasure in it <laughs> uh, Jared I don't think that you should feel bad about this and we can call Trump Trump supporter Dave if you want another person to weigh Get in out of here. <laughs> but, How dare you? but I don't think you should feel bad <laughs> because you're discon- it's almost like somebody having an addiction. Yes. The best thing that you can do for that person is to stop feeding into is it. Is to stop yes, yeah, to stop enabling them with the, oh no, you're you know what, you're the ultimate victim. Life is not your friend and I just, blah 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 I blah. I feel blah. bad that like these things are happening to this person, but like and I'm really I I talk whenever I do end up talking to them I'm like hoping that you can say like oh you know things have been really good or things are looking up and just one good day it's always a disaster and like every job that this person has ever had their boss has been like really cool to start out with and then they become the evil wicked witch of the west every person they've dated becomes like the worst person that ever was created and it's just like I, I can't deal with it anymore. And I feel like I'm being a bad friend, but I also have to protect myself before I Absolutely. can deal with anything. You have to protect stuff. your own mental health because people like that will pull you into their orbit yes. and they will take you down with them because that is what they want. They want somebody else to be as miserable as them. Yeah. Well, I, we're all going to probably be pretty miserable at, depending on what stories you have coming up next on News It or Lose It. Mm-hmm. That tried to segue that. It didn't really work it out. It didn't. <laughs> we'll be right back. Are- 
Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. News It or Lose It is back on this Monday morning, afternoon, midday, depending on what time you're listening. Allie's got three headlines. I've got three votes and you might get three stories. What you got? Okay. Headline number one. Here's how you can get a sugar sugar? sugar daddy to fly you to the moon, literally. I... (laughs) We got a um, uh, yes, number one. Did and you see this story already? Well, we saw, uh, we got a headline from our boss and one of the stories saying that students are choosing sugar daddies over student debt. And I was like, oh, I kind of well, yeah, get that's it. That's a no brainer. <laughs> I was like, I, I kind of get that one. Yeah. <laughs> headline number two Burger King condemned by conservative moms for using the D word in an ad. The D word? The D word. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Do it. Uh, <laughs> that Whopper is better than no. Yeah, I'm like, I know what D word it couldn't possibly uh, yep. be. Yep. And then finally, uh, fans are in an outrage over Jeopardy. Oh. Apparently, Jeopardy is ruffling feathers. Okay, Allie, you did this on purpose. Because mm-hmm. you know that the anything yes. Jeopardy is an automatic yes. The uh-huh. number of the day Allie, with is three for three news that are losing three. returns. So that's, just the the number. Number. Yes, that's the number. That's the number. That's the number. The number of the day. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Allison Johnson, a three for three. Mm-hmm. How does it feel? Just, it feels great. Well, you got three minutes. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, do you want to go to the moon, Jarrett? Not particularly, no. Uh, okay. Then this will not apply to you. But okay. for any of you out there who would like to, you could get a free trip if you date the Japanese billionaire Yazaku Mazawa. Oh, well, he, now I'm listening. Yes. He uh, he has put an ad out seeking a life partner to fly to the moon with him. And the, he has his own website for it. I'm on it right now, and it reads as follows. Yazaku Mazawa's serious matchmaking documentary for full moon lovers. Yazaku Mazawa looks for a female partner to go to the moon with him. He has a long-held dream of going into space. He wants to visit such a special place together with a special someone. Through serious one-on-one planned matchmaking, Mazawa looks to find his life partner. We're uh, we're looking for people to be Yuzaku Mazawa's matchmaking partner. There is an application that you can fill out and a selection and interviewing process, uh, special dates where you get to know Yuzaku, and then by the end of March, the final decision will happen and they will, I guess the next step is to plan their moon, not their honeymoon, but their moon i mean here's the thing yuzaku's not ugly no. i don't i don't appreciate the mustache as much but it I is mean, an aggressive mustache that travels down the sides of yeah, your it's like, corners of your mouth it's like sweetie could we maybe trim the mustache yeah right, it's I also this. uneven like it's yeah, more it's really bushy thin. on the sides it's like you could pay someone to do a better job for that yes especially okay. if you're a billionaire what's next okay uh some conservative moms your favorites the one million moms you mean the twelve thousand? people on Facebook. Yes. They uh, they are upset with Burger King right now because Burger King, according to their standards, has pulled a gone with the wind. They oh, used Jesus. the D word. And it's not the one that, you know, is Channel QE. It's the word damn, which is so fine oh that we can even say it on the radio. Uh, the ad campaign that Burger King launched, it first aired in August, and it has a bunch of customers waiting in line for the Impossible Burger, uh, which ends up being 
you know, the, the Impossible Whopper. And at the 45-second mark, one customer, after eating the burger, says, damn, that's good. And now the one million moms are very upset. They say Burger King's Impossible Whopper ad is irresponsible and tasteless. I think the whole point was that it was not tasteless. Uh, it is extremely destructive and damaging to impressionable children viewing the commercial. We all know children repeat what they hear. Okay, so this Damn, is Damn, these ladies are annoying. First of all, I want to put a moratorium on one million moms. Like, anything <laughs> they ever do, like, I will, I refuse to ever talk about it again because they're so ridiculous. <laughs> but also, um, whenever there's, like, a kid around and I, I, I curse and I didn't mean to, my feeling is, if they knew what I was saying, it's not the first time they've heard it. No, definitely not. What's your last one? Okay. Uh, Jeopardy has caused oh some social media uproar. Do we have time for this, Emmy, or should we Actually, wait? Actually, let's... Let's because a, there's an audio clip that I want to show yeah, you, let's and take a quick if there's break. if if, if Je- Jeopardy can't get it right, then who can? Well, my thing is, I'm upset with Jeopardy, but I feel like it's probably for a different reason. I don't <laughs> know what your reason is on the story, and is I'm trying not to. Because last night was a rerun. Well, no, I mean yes, but no. <laughs> uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and figure out what's going on with Jeopardy. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Allie, I'm enjoying a healthy snack. You seem really happy about it. I am. It's um, it's a Trek mix from the good folks at Trader Joe's. It's Got almonds and pistachios and cashews and yeah, you, dark chocolate and dried cranberries. It's just great. You have the look in your eye of somebody who has given up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, it's actually tasty, but... I, eating mm. this instead of what I Sometimes be when eating. I do something like this, I'll tweet out like... I just ran four miles. Someone feigned, uh, someone feigned pride in my extraordinary achievements. Okay, but, Jarrett, I don't want to get into this now because I know we have to talk about Jeopardy, but you did not run four miles. It was on an elliptical. You went four miles. Sure, girl. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. On the elliptical? I did four miles on the elliptical. Yeah, you did four miles. I'm not going to argue with you people about this. I don't care. <laughs> At all. I really don't. Uh, I don't really care either. All right, let's move on to something that people do care about, which is gonna the, try and come for me about cons- being on the elliptical. <laughs> Let me tell you, you just something. Said you ran four miles. I'm just saying you you can't say you ran when you went on elliptical. Those are two different things. Listen, if I did care about this, <laughs> let me tell you what I would be saying. You know what? Get me put, back to Alex. Put Trebek. down that trail mix. Don't throw that at me. Oh. All right. People and are another thing. I'm kidding. <laughs> People are upset with Jeopardy. They have caused social media uproar, which is insane because I don't think any of their fans have Twitter. Uh, but uh, how dare you? I, yes, we do. I'm sorry, I keep attacking you. Uh, this is. Do we have the audio on me? So this is what happened, and I guess they were. Uh, people were upset about why this person's answer was incorrect. Uh, church Twitter, built in the 300s AD. The Church of the Nativity. Katie. What is Palestine? No. Jack? What is Israel? That's it. And that takes you to 2200. You're still in third place, however. Which, of course, means that you get to go first in double jeopardy. So, apparently... This has uh, Palestine wow. was deemed incorrect, and then the next contestant said Israel and was counted as correct. And some people are saying Bethlehem is in the Palestinian territories, which Israel illegally occupies right now. So Jeopardy owes an apology for endorsing Israel's universally condemned illegal takeover of Palestinian lands. I have to say, um, as politically savvy as I am, the whole Israel situation is something that's not like in like fully in my wheelhouse. Yeah, it's co- it's complicated. However, I will say I'm kind of shocked that they even allowed this question, 
and this right and wrong distinction of the answer because that is an incredibly political question. Right. Um, I, I'm just kind of stunned by that. Not why I'm uh, pissed off with the people over at Jeopardy, but this one, that's really shocking to me, actually. It's shocking that they would even put that on the board. That that they'd have a question that distinguished the difference between Israel and Palestine. Like, I'm, I'm really shocked by that. But if someone had just said Bethlehem, would that have I, that I, would maybe that's the answer they were looking for? I get. I'm just like, wow, that them having that question really, yeah. really kind of rubs me away. Well, um, this is just a really long play, and they're gonna all of a sudden start getting super political. <laughs> right, they're about they're about to become they're the like view, showing their um, true colors. Exactly, they're gonna be hosted by Meghan McCain. Why are you mad at? Yeah, Jeopardy? well, I'm mad at Jeopardy because we've been in this uh, this show called this. They have a um, a special that's been airing called Jeopardy Greatest of All Time, and so it aired uh, last week three nights in a, in a row in prime time. So you know, Jeopardy airs almost in every market at about seven o'clock. Um, but they've had an eight o'clock special that's been on. It's an hour long with their three biggest champions. That's Jeff Holzhauer and the other guy. Jeff Holzhauer, Rudder, and um, uh, and Ken Jennings. And they're all like the biggest winners. One has won the most times, one won the most money, one had the longest streak or something like that. Um, and they said that they were going to wrap this up in three nights and like whoever won three games in a row or whoever won the first three games would win. But at the end of the three nights, it was like, Okay, well, we'll see who wins next. And it's like, but there's no other date slated for this show. So I'm like, I'm completely confused as to what's happening because they ended the three night series or four night series or whatever it was, and there was no winner. And I'm like, there's did no I winner? I'm like, did I miss what happened? Because I've been watching each night and I don't know who is the Jeopardy greatest of all time. And it matters. By the way, <laughs> it also matters that I ran you on the elliptical. Run! Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, lots of interesting ha- happenings in the world of the 2020 election. Jarrett, you will be hosting tomorrow night a post-debate show, correct? Yes, we're calling it Debate Night in Late Night. It'll be right here on Channel Q at 9 Pacific, uh, midnight Eastern. And we're going to be breaking down what happened in the presidential debates that will be happening tomorrow night. And uh, they're going to be coming from Iowa. We are less than a month away from the Iowa caucuses, which is the beginning of the the formal primaries. And uh, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be good. Well, let's get into it now. This is Drop the President. Drop the President. Chill candidates. Because we have lost a couple more lovely we've, souls. Yes, we've lost one this morning. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with his name. His name's Cory Booker. Oh. Um, and no one seems to have given a damn the entire time that he was running. But I um, liked the, some of the stuff that he was saying during the first couple debates. I like some of the stuff Marianne Williamson was saying, but I wasn't voting for her either. And she dropped out too. There we go. Which, if you didn't hear, was quite the bombshell on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she did not even send me an email, but I assure you I probably will see her in my next Goddess Moon Circle. Or you'll be getting emails about her book, or her next book. Or, or the curse and the hexes that she's put on Donald Trump. Or her tour or whatever because she's got your email now so um, no. yes and you're you're in because you said you unsubscribed 13 times and I she's emailed can, you 75 yes she's worse than gold star oh god isn't that bad I, I don't know what that means gold star the place that sends you discount tickets oh Jarrett never 
ever go there. Don't ever, <laughs> don't ever go, go to there. that place. Don't go to goldstar.com. I want to go to there. Uh, don't don't go there. Uh, Senator Cory Booker announced this morning that he's dropping out of the Democratic presidential race. With his departure, former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick is now the only black candidate still remaining in the 12-candidate Democratic primary. I will also tell you, my computer just made a fart sound. Um, I will tell sure, you that- Sure, blame it on technology. <laughs> Deval we Patrick, blame everything else on technology. Deval Patrick is the uh, candidate who jumped into the race right around the same time as Michael Bloomberg. Um, and there's literally not been one headline about Deval Patrick. So I don't I, know. Yeah, I was like amazed that you even said that name. I was like, what? I don't know what Deval Patrick is is doing. And I mean, I, I've... I, I want to see something come from him because um, he's a very liked Democrat. But I mean, I just don't see it happening. So good luck, buddy. Well, it's sad that Cory Booker's out, but at least he has Rosario Dawson to go home to. It's funny because we're talking about Cory Booker and I just spent more time talking about Deval Patrick than I did Cory Booker, <laughs> which is kind of indicative of the problem for Cory Booker. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, he came out and said nearly one year ago, I got in the race for president because I believed to my core that the answer to the common pain Americans are feeling right now, the answer to Donald Trump's hatred and division is to reignite our spirit of common purpose to take on our biggest challenges and build a more just and fair country for everyone. Cool. Thanks, Corey. So, Thanks um, so much. Did he do it in a selfie Facebook video? Because those were popping up on my feed a lot Jesus, after know. the first couple debates. He was like, hey, what's up, guys? We gotta make some more money. Corey. We need more donors. I really, I really need, need your help. And then it was also Senator Bernie Sanders doing it and being like, I don't know how this works. Well, uh, Press some buttons and donate. You inadvertently helped me with a great segue here because Bernie Sanders is catching hell from Elizabeth Warren. Um, uh, because of the way that Bernie Sanders has been talking about her, this comes from uh, Huffington Post, saying Senator Elizabeth Warren on Sunday responded to talking points circulated by the campaign of fellow progressive presidential hopeful Bernie Sanders that portray her as a candidate of the elite. She said, quote, I was disappointed to hear that Bernie Sanders uh, is sending his volunteers out to trash me. Um, She told reporters this on Sunday. She said, Bernie knows me and has known me for a long time. I hope Bernie reconsiders his and turns his campaign in a different direction. So this is where we're going. I was talking to my parents last night. Uh, And they were asking me if I felt like the Democrats were turning against each other in a way that was hurtful to the general election. I don't believe that. I don't think any of the candidates have really gone after each other in a way that is, you know, uncomeback fromable, which is a word. Um, Sure. (laughs) But like. That gets you a hell of a lot of points in Scrabble. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Triple words. Uh Um, But like, I don't think any of them have gone after each other in a way that you really can't, you know go back and say like but I still would vote for this person Um, I think they've all been able to like make distinctions between each other when we had like 28 candidates or something you have to be able to distinguish what is different about you from the other candidates and sometimes that comes out in the form of an attack and sometimes it comes out in the form of policy and stuff like that I get that but I also think that there are some times where they are attacking somebody because they feel like they need to for their own campaign. Like, I understand how it's important. Like, I get the point you're making about how it's important to point out the differences. Mm -hmm. Yes, this person believes this. I don't agree with that. I think it should be this way. But for somebody like Bernie Sanders to attack Elizabeth Warren for being elitist when both of them kind of preach the same message Mm -hmm. just seems tacky. Yeah, no, I It just seems like, and that's that's what I have problems with with these debates in general is that everybody is attacking. Like, some of them, yes, you're pointing out policy differences, but others I feel like are just trying to poke holes in anybody that they possibly can for their own benefit. And I do think it hurts 
the party. Well, I on both sides. I mean, to some degree, but I think we're also far enough away from the election that it won't like impact November. I think if this, if we were, if the primaries were a lot closer to November, I think people's memories would be a lot longer and and be able to to say like, oh well, aren't you the one that was saying X Y Z? Because all of these Democratic candidates, with the exception of Tulsi Gabbard, I expect will come in and support whomever the candidate is. I expect Tulsi Gabbard is going to go out and run as an independent candidate um, because she's a Russian agent. So right, I, or allegedly, I um I I think that. Cory Booker and, you know, Kamala Harris and Julian Castro and everyone else that has been out there that has run, um, they're going to get behind Elizabeth Warren if she's the candidate or Bernie Sanders. I think Bernie Sanders is the hardest one for me just because I I can't stand Bernie Sanders, Mm -hmm. but I would take him over Donald Trump every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, But like, I, I, I don't know people that are excited about Joe Biden. I've not met one person who's just like, I cannot wait for Joe Biden to be president. Most people are just like, I mean, sure. Yeah, that works. Yeah, sure. That works. And you know what else? works just letting you know Marianne Williamson may have dropped out but she is available for VP anyone Uh anyone drop the subject the new channel Q all right drop the subject with Allie and Jarrett thanks for hanging with us on this lovely Monday and hopefully we will be helping you keep your New Year's resolution if it is food related because we've got another Monday Munch report coming up next but first we wanted to give you some updates on the situation in Australia because there's a couple things going on number one It's raining sweet potatoes. We'll tell you why. Number two, Serena Williams is uh, definitely playing a part in the aid that is being sent to Australia during the bushfires. But there are a lot of endangered species that live in Australia as is, and they are becoming even more endangered, if not some of them have become extinct as a result of these fires. One of the the headlines that we talked about last week was there's an estimation that one billion animals will die or will have died um, in this Australian fire and I mean it's not over right so that's like that's a horrifying number a billion animals in Australia are dying that means that we've got to be wiping out full species of animals that we will seemingly never see again um, and that is I mean we always joke about me and animals here like I love animals I'm not a, pa- a fan of pets um, but like I, yes, I think but you are an animal lover yes, from afar absolutely Like, I which just is how they love I, you they exactly. love you to be afar I need you to them. be away from me right um, uh, so Operation Rock Wallaby is airdropping food to Australia's fire affected animals according to this article in Huffington Post um, they're saying it's raining sweet potatoes and carrots in Australia's bushfire ravaged state of New South Wales in a bid to save endangered brush-tailed rock wallaby. Um, the NSW state government arranged a drop of thousands of pounds of vegetables uh, to fire-affected areas last week. The drop was a part of a po- major post fire wildlife uh, recovery effort being carried out statewide. I was saying to you earlier that this is something I never even thought about the need for, but like if all of these animals are A, being killed or their habitats are being burned up yeah. and they're able to survive, seemingly all of the food that they would be relying on is, is probably gone. So them dropping all this food to them is really, really great. I know. I remember when... Um you know, we got evacuated last year and, you know, we could literally see the fires across the street. And there are, we hear coyotes every single night mm-hmm. in our, apart from our apartment. And I remember when we were packing up our stuff, I was like, what about the coyotes? Mm. Like, I felt, I, I didn't, you don't normally think about that because you're like, I just want to get 
my me and my family to safety. Yeah. But then also thinking about all the animals that have to um, learn to adapt to the way that the world is changing and the world is changing because of us. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so important what we're doing and to, to see that it's raining sweet potatoes and carrots is adorable. I hope that this is going to help somewhat. It seems like if there's one billion animals that have already died, there are probably a lot more out there that need food and are starving. Yeah. I When, when you were talking about how animals have to adapt, um, uh, on our NPR station here, KCRW, I did a story um, with one of our reporters about how here in Southern California, they are trying to build a bridge that would go over a huge yeah. freeway um, and how difficult it's been to do that because realistically those animals that are on one side of the freeway are locked on that side of the freeway and can't cross over to what would have been their natural habitat before the, the freeway. And uh, it's it's scary to think about the ways that the fires can then come and then they're blocked into that space and I would imagine um, with some of these Aussie animals that are, are you know endangered uh, they've probably got to adapt to a lot of the ways that the we've been you know changing the lands there and also like obviously this is out in the bush so there's a lot of like open yeah. space for them but well, um, this is terrifying yeah no it, and the animals on Australia and on islands in general are especially unique because of that reason. Yeah. Like the freeway idea, the fact that these species and different animals are kept apart by, you know, the Pangaea yeah. widening over the course of millions of years. But a lot of the, that's why the Galapagos Islands has some of the most amazing, you know, unique species. Yeah. But Australia too has so many animals that are endangered because they have been able to thrive in this environment versus a different right. environment. Right. So it's really, really important that we try to preserve those species. I saw videos of people like putting koalas in their cars and trying to save them. Oh, oh. man. So oh. crazy. Well, um, speaking of things happening down in Australia, a positive thing that just happened for Serena Williams, she broke her three-year title drought um, in a win oh, in New Zealand. Oh, time. It, yeah. Uh, Get it, it, it together. She was in New Zealand, um, and she beat Jessica Pagula at the Auckland Classic, and it was a big moment for Serena Williams, so congratulations to her. Um, and she donated her winnings to the Australia Fires. That's pretty freaking outstanding. Yeah. Like, well, she's an outstanding person. She really is. So uh, more drop the subject coming up right after this drop the subject the new channel q all right dropping the subject that we well we're actually picking Picking up a subject that we dropped earlier uh this is the monday munch report and this is when we get to talk about food related things of course we talked about our personal food uh detailings earlier in the show but now there are some trendy food things and some things that are going to help you with your new year's resolution this is the monday Munch report Emmy looked so disappointed. That sounds that good. There wasn't I'll have that. Yas, 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 yas. What are you doing? I'm blotting the grease. It's the best part. Let me see that. Okay. Why don't you tell us about how we can keep on our New Year's resolutions, and then I'm going to follow that up by tempting you to go say, right away to from it again. completely obliterate it. Um, okay, so apparently they say there are ways that you can organize your refrigerator to uh, help with healthy eating, to continue your, uh, your success on healthy eating. And I thought, 
my refrigerator is not nearly as organized as I would like it to be, but like other people say that it is organized, but I feel like really it's not as organized as Are I you one of those people who gets obsessive with containers, needs to have all of them look the same, needs um, to have them I organized properly, do labeled? I have a bunch of the same or containers just because I don't want things to be like a country crock bin and a, <laughs> you know, a butter dish. And, and a so, glad top. Like, that just annoys me. Um, but I feel like stuff is just kind of all over the place in my fridge. So, like, when I saw this, I was like, oh, is there a way that I could, you know, organize my fridge in a way to help me with healthy eating? So okay. they Can I guess? About what the things are? Yeah. Oh, sure. Is it the grocery store mentality where you put the undesirable, th- the things that you don't want them to buy on the bottom... Mm. And then the things that you want them to buy at Eyeline. So you would keep sweets and things and unhealthy foods on the bottom and all the healthy crap. That is really fantastic. Not on the list, though. Okay, well, that should be. No, but that is really, really good. And that, if people don't know what you're talking about, like, yeah, they putting at Eyeline, like your vegetables and all the things that you want to be able to see more. Um, and also, what's interesting about that is like they put like the really child friendly cereals down at the bottom so that kids will see them and stuff like that. If you put them up high where kids can't see them, then yeah. So know. Lucky Charms isn't going to be ever on the top shelf, exactly. Even though it is a top shelf cereal. The first, <laughs> the first thing they say is you should wash and chop your fruit as soon as you get home from the grocery store. They say rinse bite sized blueberries, strawberries, red grapes, cherries, and pat them dry with paper towels and arrange them in bowls. Um, they say you can cut up your whole fruit like melon and pineapple um, and place it in lidded containers stack fruit in the front of the fridge where the color will catch your eye when you're craving something sweet so it is talking about there's an element of that but but chopping and putting in containers your vegetables i think is essential because i'll buy yes because i'll never do that i'll buy vegetables and then like celery for example and then you just kind of let it sit if i'm gonna make a soup or something i'll buy celery and but i don't like to eat it really but if i were to buy my celery go home chop it up and then put it next to the hummus Mm. and so it's just there immediately i can grab it and have a little healthy snack versus oh these potato chips are right here and they're really easy to open and eat that's a really good idea i never do that and like celery something that i always buy for something specific like i'm making this dish right and usually half of the celery stalks will go to waste and I never end up using them. So that's a really good tip. Um, They say scrub and bag your veggies. They say clean and trim them and drop them in easy to grab bags. Then find a good spot for them. Prime for packed lunches and pre-dinner snacks. They say one of the uh, fitness trainer takes a a few minutes to prep veggie bags for his entire week. And then um, they mix it up with baby carrots and sugar snap peas and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm probably not going to be that person. But um, FYI, this is also coming from the folks over at Fitbit. So shout out to them. Um, They say love low fat dairy um they say nothing uh, against your trees drawer but a nibble of cheese is healthy in moderation but nutritionists say that plain unsweetened uh superfood greek yogurt deserves uh, oh stop it treatment. with that greek crap oh yikes i hate greek yogurt i am angry at the the greek yogurt takeover wow the greek yogurt lobby's really gotten to you huh yes they are because big every yo- time i greek Big Greek yogurt is pissing me off. I'm looking at you, Oikos. They say go for low-fat skim instead of cream, and part skim mozzarella cheese sticks are a smarter snack than regular cheddar. Another okay, thing they mozzarella say, cheese sticks are delicious. I mean, absolutely, right? Um, they say pre-cook your whole grains. 
um, at the end of a long day waiting for brown rice to cook and feel like an eternity, but you can totally make it ahead. It holds up beautifully in the fridge in a small pot, a rice cooker insert or another container. And this actually I do. Um, sometimes when I make rice like there's leftover and I'll put it into a container, pop it into the fridge and yeah. you can always go back to it and get it really easily. And it also freezes really well too. Well, and that's when the Instapot comes in. Absolutely. And it's like, I can make anything in five minutes. Ha ha! Totally. I, I always make my rice in my Instapot. Mm-hmm. Instapot. I love it so much. Well, now that you've gone through all of those amazing ways to stay healthy, I'm going to tell you about fries boards. Oh my God, I want this so badly. We'll get to that next. Don't go anywhere if you want to chomp on some potatoes. I'm going to put this on our Twitter feed as well. Go to DTS Show and you can get these tips from, from the people at Fitbit. Um, we'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, the money. Short people are a trip. <laughs> I don't consider myself short. <laughs> I'm like, I'm five five and a half, and that's I have short. been since sixth grade. Do you think that's short? That's, that's short, right? I feel like that is 100 percent the most average height a person can be, at least I, for a woman. I think it's five eight, right? Something like that. Huh. Maybe not. Interesting. I, I texted my dad yesterday. I was like, "Oh, what are you up to?" And he was like, six two, and I'm not getting any taller." And I was like, "Oh, Jesus, <laughs> such Christ. a dad, such a dad, joke. such a dad." Anyway, sorry, we're talking about fries. We are. Well, we're talking about my mother's favorite food. She is a very short person, and fries are her very favorite food. And uh, this is something that is going to be a new trend. It is already emerging in 2020. I would imagine every time now someone's going to go into a gastro pub or any place that has, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I don't know, Brussels sprout, buffalo, you know, cauliflower and Brussels sprouts with pancetta and all those trendy foods, you will also find fries boards. Forget oh cheese boards. It is all about fries boards. So I'm so excited about this i told you i'm going off dairy for the week and like i I was trying to like start it over the weekend and i went into whole foods and i always love a whole foods mac and cheese and i was Mm. like looking for the vegan cheese and i saw the mac and cheese and i literally moaned aloud (laughs) and i i heard myself and i was like did i just do that allie give me the moan i literally walked by the the mac and cheese and i went oh i want to go to there (laughs) and i was like what is wrong with me? I heard it and I was like, I can't take that back. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, that is an amazing story. I love when anybody has a, an audible reaction to a food that they want. Oh my God. When I saw the macaroni and cheese, because I knew I couldn't have it, I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at this there. fries board and I'm like, there's no dairy. Yeah. There's no meat. I could probably tear into this as long as there's not cheese. You could definitely slam a fries board uh, with your current diet. I've never here. even so heard of this. I'm so excited. This is new. It's So the boards include fries and potato snacks of all shapes and sizes, including but not limited to crinkle cut, french fry, steak fry, skinny fry, waffle fry, seasoned fry, maybe garlic or maybe a truffle oil, There's nothing beer like battered chips, French fry. the potato oh. wedge, which I don't think is very popular. And okay, a- hold on, because I'm looking at one of these boards and it has all of my favorite things on it. A waffle, fr- a seasoned waffle fry, not just like those plain girls, a tater <laughs> tot. Because nobody just wants like a plain waffle a fry. Plain Jane Give waffle me the uh, if you can find a seasoned waffle fry for me, we could really get into something together. I can't, I'm not with you on the seasoned waffle. I fries. love a seasoned waffle fry. I love a seasoned French fry, and then a tater tot. Like so, what tots is need? where you've got me back on board. Oh, uh, you've got me back on fries boards because I love fry. I do love fries, but stay with me here. I'm not willing to get rid of cheese boards, and I think. The compromise is, is the fries and cheese board. Cheese fries boards. Oh my god! So I just made this all a lot better. Oh. 
<laughs> what I also love about this board, <sighs> I okay, this sounds ridiculous, and I want to honor that before I even say it. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to love I used going to, run to KFC. four miles on a regular basis. First of all, I will kill you. <laughs> um, I used to love going to KFC and getting the potato wedges and mashed potatoes and dipping the potato wedge <laughs> in the mashed potatoes and gravy. It was like potatoes on potatoes. It was just great. I was going to ask you what sauce because here. you got to have some lubrication. Oh there. my gosh! Otherwise, the, it's, hard to, it's a hard swallow. I I low key want to go do that today. <laughs> I actually might go do it because I haven't done it since I was a child. Well, you know, if you're giving up sugar and meat, that doesn't you, exactly. But you know, something's ridiculous when you, as a child, are like. This is ridiculous. You're like, <laughs> like, I even know, and no one's even taught me that it's I'm 11, yet. and I know this I is know stupid. I know I'm doing something bad. Um, this always makes me think about Tina Fey and just the perfect the, the perfect response to anything like this. I want to go to there. Yes. <laughs> you want to go to the mac and cheese aisle, don't you? <laughs> More Drop the Subject coming up. Oh. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject is back. I'm Jared. That's Allie. And we're going to get into a little bit of feedback because it is time um, that we kind of jump into our own DMs and kind of look at what you all have been saying to us. Well, uh, my dog Chooch, just a general uh, feedback from my dog Chooch, which is uh, I always love to hear from them. I just love that name. (laughs) Uh, Said, loving the sass today. I did four miles. You know what? Listen, I'm not putting up with this from you. I'm not doing it, okay? Okay? All right, hold on. You can chase me. Come on. (laughs) You know what? I hate you so much. I'm not arguing with you people about this. I'm not. I'm not doing it. And you're not upset about it either. I'm not upset! Uh, All right, there are some other things that are coming through. Uh, By the way, as I mentioned a little earlier, the gayest news headline nominees are up. I was late putting them up today, but they are officially up on our Instagram page at DTS Show. If you want to vote for the gayest news headline of the week, I will announce it during Happy Endings today. So you have a little less than an hour to vote, so get to it. The the suspense is killing me. I know. (laughs) And then a couple comments about shows past. Some people have been catching up on the podcast. Mm. And uh, Caroline Marie direct messaged us regarding our conversation on Friday about misusing words and phrases. The term butt buddies got people fired up. Yikes, really? In a way that we did not imagine. Well, on Friday. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. And then somebody, uh, so so Caroline Marie messaged about a term she was misusing. And she didn't know and just learned last Last year, what the real meaning of the word necking was. What did you think it meant? Uh, which was. <laughs> That's so interesting. A term I cannot wait to tell you what you thought it meant. I always this think is, of like old school Cosby show, like them talking about like. Like the kids necking were making in the out. park. Yeah. yeah. Like over the cliff or like whatever. The 50s and 60s and then the 80s, yeah. So she thought that it meant people putting. Pressing their necks together as a way to stay celibate or something. What? <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, that's people amazing. People are just sitting there pressing their just necks. Just like, oh, bump up against we went me. went necking in the park and you just like sit oh. there and nuzzle each other's necks. That's hilarious. Uh, and she said she thought it was too stupid of a phrase to stand for anything else. And then eventually last year thought uh, saw the real meaning. Uh, nice which work, is Caroline. So great. Um, Hannah Man 2000 on Instagram messaged us about our conversation about the fruit bat quarters and how we were both upset that Harriet Tubman can't get on a $20 bill, but a stupid bat can get on a quarter. And he made a comment saying, I think it would have been more, uh, they would have. I would have been more upset if they had downgraded Harriet Tubman and stuck her on a quarter, which is what I thought 
you would get, uh, which is what I thought you guys were going to say, I thought that's what you were alluding to, but that would have been literally devaluing her. Well, I actually uh, thought about that today. Um, well, I was thinking about this again and thinking to myself, like, I'm surprised they didn't try and put her on a quarter and then eliminate the quarter because they're trying to get rid of, you know, metal they, money. They want to get rid of the issue, too. Exactly. As far as they don't, they want to brush Harriet Tubman under the rug. Exactly. So um, that is uh, our feedback. And uh, you can always hit us up on the social medias at DTS Show on the Twitter or the Instagram or give us a call and let us know what you're thinking uh, at 833-77-CALL-Q. That's 833-77-CALL-Q. Okay. Now it is time that we talk about some things that are happening in Washington, D.C. In a segment, we like to call crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. Because there's impeachment stuff, but sometimes it's really, really crazy. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. It turns out most of the stuff surrounding impeachment tends to be pretty crazy. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. I still can't figure out if the listeners love or hate it, but I think it's hysterical. I think it's polarizing. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like when you are uh, bumping into someone's car when you're parallel parking. Exactly. Well, another direct message came from somebody saying no love tapping, which I I chose not to read. (laughs) Um, Nancy Pelosi is kind of in the uh, ire of everyone. They're wondering when she's going to send over the articles of impeachment. Um, And I I just love listening to her talk about it. Um, And we'll play this clip and you'll hear what I'm talking about. We are ready. We are proud of our defense of the Constitution of the United States. We are concerned that the senators will not be able to live up to the oath that they must take to have an impartial trial. So much for that. They don't want documents, the documentation. They don't want witnesses. They may want a dismissal, which is proof that they cannot, cannot uh, clear the president of the wrongdoing. No, I'm not holding him indefinitely. I'll send him over when I'm ready. And like, that was that old lady sass right there. I love. I'll send them over when I'm ready. I'll send them over when I'm ready. <laughs> I just and think so like so much for that. I just feel like this the stank eye spirit of the way yeah. she's. I'll send them over when I'm ready, <laughs> bitch. That's what I heard right. her say. Carry I think it. inwardly she must be saying, bitch. Oh, absolutely. You know, he said, if you don't send them over, I'm going to pass the Mexico U.S. Ma- Canada Trade Agreement. Okay, uh, but uh, get your no, life. We, we, we want to see what they're willing to do, and the manner in which they will do it. But we will not let them say, "Oh, this is just like Clinton. Fair is fair." It's not. Uh, documents, documentation, witnesses, facts, truth. That's what they're afraid of. I don't know why, but I kind of feel like Nancy Pelosi's a gay icon. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, why is she? Nancy she Pelosi's is. whole spirit is with Mitch McConnell, like, try me, sis. Yeah. <laughs> you want it? Did you see that the gay cella lineup? Yes. It's every time they do, every <laughs> yeah. year they do gay cella, and it was like Britney Spears, Baby Yoda, Robin, uh, Mariah Carey, Spice Girls, and then it was Nancy Pelosi clapping. I Listen, Nancy Pelosi <laughs> I was like, I would is, watch that on stage. I stand, I aspire. Like I, Nancy Pelosi is everything. One of the interesting things happening, though, here is we don't know exactly when she's going to be sitting over the articles of impeachment, but she, we are expecting it'll probably be this week um, or sometime pretty soon. But there is still a bit of a wild card because we don't think that the Senate is probably going to take witnesses. And if they do, they're probably going to take people who don't really have anything substantive to say. But the wild card is the House can still call someone like John Bolton 
to come testify before them. Because even though they've issued the articles of impeachment, they can still hold a hearing and bring John Bolton in, who is the the biggest witness that is sitting out there right now. John Bolton um, the, is a former national security advisor, and he has said that he's willing to testify if he's subpoenaed um, in the Senate. But the House could subpoena him as well. And so he can come out and say, like, I, because he's the most directly connected to the money that was held in Ukraine. He, you know, is the person who advised the president on what to do. He would have heard from the president why he was doing what he was doing. So John Bolton is a very significant witness that could really explode things. And the wild card will be to see if the Senate doesn't call him, call him to come in as a witness if the House does. But why would that? What is the benefit of them if, of the House? Do, like they've already sent over their articles because the the, the American people can hear from John Bolton. Oh, okay, if the American so at least people, public, the public would hear the witness exactly. I and see. I mean, seemingly they could they could draft another article of impeachment if they wanted to as well. I don't expect them to do that. But if the people can hear from John Bolton, um, that cannot be denied by Congress if he says something significant and there's enough of a public outcry and enough upset. So there's, I mean, all of this impeachment conversation is about public opinion because if public opinion came back and we saw like ninety five percent of people support impeachment the senators would be in a very different position of what how they're supposed to, how they're going to vote because people aren't supporting the president hmm. right now it's 50 50 so that's the that's <laughs> now the, it's 50 50 yeah it's 50 50 uh. drop the subject the new channel q what are we doing uh welcome back to drop the put subject. it in the schedule jared oh lord some of the conversations that we have off the air um Anyway, uh, welcome I back. Think all of them should be on the air. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, uh, all right. It is time for us to get into a little bit of Trump around. All right, ladies and gentlemen. What's going to piss me off today? Girl, let me tell you. So uh, this story comes from the, the Washington Post. The headline says Mnuchin, who is our Treasury Secretary, seeks delay of proposed disclosure of Secret Service spending on presidential travel until after the election. Oh, my. <laughs> what does that mean? So, Can you even do that? That's um, what I hate that I have to ask this question so no, much. No, I mean, well, because oftentimes when you're asking, can you even do that? We've never really had to answer the questions before until now. Um, so, like, you can't just say, I want to delay it until after the, the well, election. they didn't word it that way, but that's essentially what they're trying to do. So uh, one of the, the major things that Donald Trump used to make fun of or really call out Barack Obama for was the extensive amount of... Uh, golf travel that he would have and it was just ridiculous and Donald Trump I think has already exceeded the number of times within one with, within one term that he had well within both, three right? years as opposed to Barack Obama's eight and so uh, so like less than one whole term right so um they they talk about how the government spent about $96 million on travel for Obama over the course of eight years according to documents obtained by um, a conservative watch group a report by the Government Accountability Office, which serves as a congressional watchdog on federal spending, estimated that Trump's travel costs, uh, to be clear, for one month in 2017 were $13.6 million. And I want to I'm going to compare that again. Barack Obama was $96 million over eight years, about $100 million. J Donald Trump. In one month, in his first year, spent $13.7 million. Okay. And we are paying for this. Yes. So are. when I am filing my tax returns and they're saying, no, 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 I'm sorry, you don't get this money back. It's ours because we need to put it towards education. 
girl because <laughs> even financial education spending is a whole other nightmare but yes so what so they're, they're spending it on on presidential travel now to be fair presidents like if the president walks down the street right it, it costs yeah, us I get money that. and sure. so like it's not but it's not just like all leisurely stuff but like donald trump has been to mar-a-lago uh, i believe it's 22 times they say available records about trump's travel provide only snapshots of the cost um, for instance it found that his first four trips to mar-a-lago in 2017 cost the secret service 1.3 million dollars each okay other agencies also spent money on those trips bringing the federal government spending total to 3.4 million per visit to Mar-a-Lago. Trump has been there 22 times since then, according to a Washington Post tally. If the Secret Service costs remain constant, that would mean that more than $28 million in further spending by the, by the Secret Service alone and $75 million from the government in all just on a small fraction of Donald Trump's t- um, total travel. When you put yourself in this position, you are the president of the United States. You're dealing with all kinds of problems. You're dealing with an impeachment. You're dealing with a whole situation in Iran. You're dealing with any number of regular things that a president is supposed to be dealing with. Where in your mind are you like, I got to fly to Florida yeah. and go golfing? It's, That's what I should do right now. It is. Infu- I got to check out. It's infuriating because Donald Trump continues to spend taxpayer dollars. And I, the other part of this that I think is really important is we continue to watch them chip away at, ta- at, at cut taxes, which means we have less revenue coming into the government to be able to spend. But when we have less money, that's when they say we need to cut Social Security. We need to cut welfare. Mm-hmm. We need to cut ta- subsidies because we just can't afford to be given all this money. We don't have the money to do that. It's like, yeah, it's because you cut taxes and we don't have revenue and because we're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on Donald Trump and his travel because they don't want to release the numbers but but just by this tally alone he spent more than than uh Barack Obama in less than 3 years as opposed to Barack Obama's whole, whole Can you term. take up frisbee? <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents Lose it or lose it. Alison Johnson, you have made um, some big decisions here. Some big or good decisions? I didn't say good. Um, (laughs) No, but you've made some choices here about the stories that uh, we're going to talk about for News It or Lose It. Um, I'm going to let you choose. Which one do you want first? Paralyzed Man Sets a New World Record. Retired Pope Benedict is back. I want the tortoise. You want the tortoise. All right. So there is... (laughs) So that I can make jokes about the tortoise and the hare. Um, I love this story. Uh, It says, this Playboy tortoise had so much sex, he saved his entire species, and now he's going home. Um, They call him... Now he's going home. Now he's going home. They say... A womanizing tortoise whose rampant sex life may have single-handedly saved his entire species from extinction has retired from his Playboy lifestyle, returning to the wild with his mission accomplished. His name is Diego, and they say his unstoppable libido was credited as a major... I know about Diego. I've heard about this turtle. Well, can I tell the people? Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry I got excited. His unstoppable libido was credited as a major reason for the survival of his fellow giant tortoises in Española, uh, part of the Galap- Galapagos Islands, um, after being shipped over from the San Diego Zoo as part of a breeding program. When he started his campaign of promiscuity, there were just two males and 12 females of his species alive on the island. But the desirable shell dweller... <laughs> I love when they write these... Yeah. Um, the desirable shell dweller had so much sex, he helped boost the population to over 
2,000. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So here's what I think. I think this turtle is the the answer to all of our prayers, and he shouldn't stop at other turtles. Send him over to Australia. Uh, we can maybe, with some of the other animals, uh, hybrid animals, okay. making new species. <laughs> I don't know if that's how that works, but okay. Um, to like have them hook up with a kangaroo and yes. make like a kangaroo turtle. And then, I mean, would you not take picture, watch a video of a kangaroo with a shell? With like a pouch on its back, like in a shell and like little... It hops really slow. The Galapagos National Park Service um, believes that the 100-year-old tortoise is the patriarch of around 40% of the 2,000 um, new tortoises there. So well, Thank God there's no Ancestry.com for turtles. Oh my God. They say... <laughs> can you imagine all of them like, Hi, you're, you're my, my dad. dad. He's like, Oh. Again, um, they say he's contributed a large percentage of the lineage that we are returning to Española. There's a feeling of happiness um, to th- have the possibility of returning that tortoise back to his um, natural state, which I don't know if that's a natural state at a zoo. Not what we're talking about. Yeah, it's um, a separate conversation. All right. You want the Pope or you want the... the um, let's do Pope. The let's, Pope? Let's okay. change it up. Retired Pope Benedict the sixteenth um, has breaking his silence. Oh, it was the sixteenth. Yes. Okay. Um, um, breaks his silence. You guys were right. You guys oh, oh yeah, it was. Right. Um, okay. To reaffirm the priest's celibacy um, uh, policy. Apparently, uh, Pope Benedict is coming in because Pope Francis is weighing whether to allow married men to be ordained to address a Catholic priest shortage. So that's interesting. There's a shortage of priests? There's a shortage of priests. There's a shortage of nurses. There's a shortage of teachers. Um, and apparently, this is how they're trying to figure out how to do that. Like, the church has to modernize sometimes um, to be able to keep up with the times. So they say um, uh, Pope Benedict wrote a book called From the Depths of Our Hearts, Priesthood, Celibacy, and the Crisis of the Catholic Church, along with his fellow conservative um, uh, uh, Guinean Cardinal Robert Serra, who heads the Vatican Liturgy uh, Office and has been a quiet critic of Pope Pope Francis. Um, apparently, uh, um, Pope Francis is considering this change because they have this shortage and they want to be able to bring more people into the church, but people are not happy about it. I would definitely condone this change because of all the problems that we currently have with priests who, if you are thinking about it here, okay, I'm going to never, I'm going to vow never to marry a woman or to never get married and to abstain, but then like the decision making that goes behind that, that's it. we've learned over the course of history that that ends up being a certain type of person. Yeah. And if we're going to allow men who are married, I'm not saying there aren't jerks that are married to women, but it may be that a good would, thing. Yeah, it, like that would be a good thing for the church in they, general. They say Pope Benedict's intervention is extraordinary given that he had promised to remain, quote, hidden from the world when he retired in 2013, as most popes tend to do. Hmm. Um, he said he pledges obedience to the new pope. He is largely held to that pledge, though he penned an odd essay last year on sexual abuse scandals um, that blamed the crisis uh, on the sexual revolution of the 1960s. They say his reaffirmation of priestly celibacy, however, gets to the heart of a fraud policy issue that Francis is expected to weigh in on. So that will be interesting to see um, where they where they go with that story because, I mean, they've got to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah, that'd be a huge change if they change It would that. be, absolutely. And then lastly, um, as we're going, uh, a paralyzed man has broken a world record for finishing a marathon in an exoskeleton suit. Was it you? It was not. You know what? 
I hate you. Uh, this man is from South Carolina. He's competing in a 2020 Charleston Marathon, uh, beating the world record for the fastest time to finish a marathon in an exoskeleton suit. His name is Adam Goritsky, and he's paralyzed from the waist down. He competed in a 26.2-mile race uh, with a time of 33 hours, 50 minutes, and 23 seconds. It oh, took my him a God. While. That is a long time. Yeah. Um, they say that um, he's an extraordinary guy, and congratulations to Adam. Oh, disagree. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject is back and it is almost a show. But before we go, Ali, you've got the gayest news headlines of the weekend votes from the weekend. I do, yes. I have the nominees and the winners. It was a short voting process. Thank you very much, Emmy. But here are the nominees. This might be a bit of an upset. First headline, the deep dive into juiced balls didn't dive deep enough. Headline number two, audit uncovers big butt issue in Gladstone. Headline number three, big boy reflects on his beef with Rich Piana. (laughs) You just wanted to say Piana. (laughs) And and, uh, finally, woman found living with 20 cats inside a Virginia Beach self-storage unit. Where's her wife? I think she's dead and has been eaten by cats. All right. The voting is in, and wouldn't you know it, last night at the Critics' Choice Awards for the first time ever, there was a tie for director, and we have a tie right now between headline number one and headline number four. So tying for Gayest News headline this week is the deep dive into juiced balls didn't dive deep enough, <laughs> and woman found living with 20 cats inside Virginia Beach self-storage you know unit. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair win for I, everybody. I couldn't say like, oh, I'm so mad that this one didn't win over the other one. Like, that's a solid tie. Yeah, I would say so. Said the lesbian. <laughs> Said the big lesbian. Uh, all right, and now it's time for some happy endings. There we go. Um, wait, Emmy, Emmy, Emmy is rejecting the spirit of the... What is this this old spiritual that you're humming over here? Click. Oh, there we that's go. better. I have a happy ending ready to go. Do you? I totally do. Okay. Definitely. We have one don't. minute. We have oh. One minute. Emmy's like, right. wrap it up. My happy ending is as follows. Jarrett. Yes. You may not have run four miles. You know what? But you know what? I almost dropped an F bomb just now. <laughs> When you do run four miles, the good news is that you will already have the tweet about it ready to go. You can actually just take your current tweet and retweet it. (laughs) You're so mad at me right now. Can you guys hear the stank-ass look on my face? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? You can pin it to the top of your profile, too. I don't know if you know. You can pin tweets to the top of your profile. Yeah. So if you win, if you run Considering the, the, the tweet miles. that's currently pinned at the top of my Twitter <laughs> and this option, you know what? I'm so grateful that Emmy's telling me I have 10 seconds before we've got to go. Um, my happy ending was about Jeopardy. We'll do it tomorrow. No. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great one. Be safe out there. Treat each other well.